Taking Revival Outside the Building, an interview with Pastor Denny Blake. Thank you for joining me for Revival in My City. For those who want to see their cities transformed by the power of God, I hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and inspire as you pursue spiritual awakening in your own city. This is Cynthia Bryan. I'm so excited to be able to interview Pastor Denny Blake, the lead pastor of Disciples of Jesus Ministries in Thomasville, Georgia. Pastor Denny and his wife, Chandra Blake, co-pastor, and they have been serving Disciples of Jesus Ministries for over 10 years. Together, they are the proud parents of five children. Pastor Denny has a wonderful reputation in our city for loving people and for spreading the gospel. He serves on the boards of many local organizations, including Community Transformation Incorporated, Crime Stoppers, Spark Thomasville, and One Heartbeat. And you may not know this, but based on my own research, you are the pastor of the most liked church in the city, according to Facebook. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that. So, <laughs> so that's good information. That's good information. Yes. I would have never guessed it, but that's great information. I'm just so um, excited to have you, and it's a real privilege to be able to interview you today. Well, thank you. I'm so excited with being here. And again, thank you, Cynthia, and for Victory Fellowship for inviting me. I'm glad to be a part of what God is doing in Thomasville in this city. I truly get excited each and every time I get an opportunity to do some some kingdom work, uh, whether it's in our local church or the body of Christ altogether. Well, I have seen you and your church at work in our community, and I love um, the heart that you have for the city, for reaching people in the community. You and your church are definitely outside of the building. And I love, I love that. Um, I was wondering what motivates you and your church family uh, to be so involved in the community? Uh, I think you said it uh, a minute ago, and that's basically doing church outside of the building. Uh, We spend so much time perfecting uh, Sunday morning and 11 o'clock service till we forget that it's a whole kingdom outside of the building. And the Great Commission in Mark 16, basically, uh, Jesus was telling the disciples, he was saying, go go ye into all the world. And I think we spend a lot of times uh, trying to have the world come to us, and it's come ye versus go ye. And uh, so I try to stress that because I think uh, that's ultimately, as we uh, become Christians, it's not just about what we're getting, but now it's about what we're giving. And it's us giving ourselves to our community, going outside of the walls uh, and being that beacon of light, that hope. And I think that's where the people are. I see Jesus and I mimic, I try to make, mimic him as much as possible. And I see how much ministry he did at the well, in the streets, at the river, uh, at the pool. It was so many places he did ministry that wasn't in the temple. So yeah. that's what I, and I know that's strange for a pastor because I know I'm supposed to be saying, come to our church, <laughs> but I try to encourage our uh, church to go to the world. Uh, I guess one uh, thought on that would be uh, oftentimes I say uh, churches is not the game. We look mm-hmm. at uh, churches preparation for the game. The right. game is when we say, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. And when we exit out those doors, that's where the real work begins. And uh, I just want to do some real work for Christ. That's so good. I love that. Um, 
And what a great thought, even as you're leaving the building, you know, like this, this is the game's on now. Game's on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Your love for our city is evident. Um, How did that develop in you? I'm actually outside from Thomasville. I was raised in in Plant City, Florida, is in Hillsborough County in the Tampa Bay area. And it was a place that I loved and it was a place where uh, I somewhat still call home. And my parents initially was called to Thomasville and they came and they began to do work here in Thomasville. And in the process, I came along because I was uh, maybe 16, 17 years old at the time. So I was still living home with my parents. But um, I was saying once I graduated from high school, uh, that was it. Yeah, I'm gone. I'm out of here. <laughs> and honestly, uh, each summer when we got out for summer, my 11th grade year, my senior year, the day I got out of school, I would go back home. I would go back to uh, Florida because that's where I felt like I was supposed to. Even when I uh, decided to go to college, different things like that, I Florida was the place that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm here not just because I want to be. I'm here, I think, answering a call, not just the call of my parents, but the call God had for me here. So my love for Thomasville, my love for this city is simply me answering a call. Yeah. Um, I'm not the only one called, uh, and it's others that have answered the call, but there's other ones that have ignored the call. But one thing I really want to do is walk in obedience of Christ. And I feel that for this season in my life, Thomasville is the place I'm supposed to be. And that's why I'm here. I'm answering a yeah. call. The yeah. phone rung. I said hello, <laughs> and I had no idea who was going to be on the other end and what that conversation was going to be. But that conversation was do some work in Thomasville. Yeah, that's so good. Yes, uh, yes is the right answer. Yes, <laughs> you can God change calls. your life and your destiny with one word, and that's simply saying yes to God's way and to His will. It will change your life forever. Yeah, that that's really good. Wow. Um, so we've talked a little bit about you know your church and um, being active in the city. Can you share you know some some things that you've done or your church has done to demonstrate love to the city? Uh, this is probably one of the things that make me uncomfortable because I I try not to talk about what we're doing, but I guess uh, I just I'm, have I'm to, asking. You've got to answer <laughs> yeah, the question. <laughs> you're absolutely correct. And I had this conversation with um, a friend of mine just on yesterday. I was saying, you know, Jesus took notes. He 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 took account. We, that's how we know how many he fed. That's when he, uh, the story in the Bible when it talks about the talents and how did he know? Because he uh, it was an accountability. So I guess the accountability piece would be for me to share. Well, monthly and sometimes even weekly and sometimes it even seems like daily, we feed our community. We feed our community and we feed several hundreds of families every month with with food. Uh, So that's one of the things we do in the community. We do uh, worship. uh, We have an outstanding and a great praise and worship team. We do those things. Uh, I take assignments like this and uh, when I'm asked, I try to do it. And if it's kingdom work and if it's positive, more times than not, I'm going to say yes. Uh, yesterday, I went into a staff meeting and I told my staff, I said, don't allow me to say yes anymore this month. I say throughout the end of the year. I say I'm book solid. And before we was at the uh, meeting, I had accepted two more engagements. So with that being said, we get out. We are out in our community. We we feeding. We're helping. Uh, we're cleaning. We're we're sowing. It's these different things that we feel that we ultimately have been called to be, do because some people would not necessarily see Christ mm-hmm. except through us. Mm-hmm. When we demonstrate 
Christ and what it should be. Because again, I say, look at how much time Jesus kept his feet in his community. And that's all we're trying to do. Whatever that is, what some things it may seem like is a uh, kingdom work. And sometimes it may go unnoticed and it doesn't seem like kingdom work. But at the end of the day, if it's affecting people's lives, it's kingdom work. Um, and I, I see, you know, some of the things that you post online and that your, your team is great about letting the community know events that are, that are happening. I've, I've noticed some mana drops and yes. it, can you explain what a mana drop is? A mana drop is, and we do it uh, periodically, uh, it's, it's basically, I guess it will go back into the manna from heaven that, that Moses and his people did. But the only difference is this manna doesn't come directly from heaven. It comes from, it comes from the store. It comes from places like that. And we just feed our community. We bring our perishable and non-perishable and we give to our community. So we're uh, giving them different items that's needed. And this was long before COVID because we actually been doing a manna drop now, which it, our food department is basically called breaking bread. Uh, and so we, we're breaking bread uh, and we're giving food. Uh, before COVID ever came about, people was hungry. People are hungry during COVID. And sadly enough, even after it's gone, people still need that food. So we just take an opportunity to buy pounds and pounds and pounds of food, hundreds of pounds of food, and give it to our community. Uh, monthly and sometime uh, a couple of times a year, we do huge amount of drops where we're, we may feed 400 families at one time. So yeah. it's, just, it's just great yeah. being a part of it. That's amazing. Um, so uh, we're, we're talking about um, our community, our city, and I know that we want to see revival and a move of God, a greater move of God in our city. Um, how would you define revival? <sighs> revival. I, I guess Webster Dictionary would be something like to to make alive or to make alive again. Um, the church, I think, at one point, they came about and I guess they said revival was a, a series or several nights of meeting. Right. And we thought that was revival. We have uh, church services uh, in consecutive nights. We have a revival. But a lot of times I find out we didn't have revival. We just got tired. We just got tired. Of going to church. But I guess I would like to see it's not just uh, nightly meetings, but revival is a daily walk, a daily walk with Christ. And if I could just pray and ask God how he felt about it, I think he would say it's a fire that's lit inside the hearts of men and women. I think that's what we're looking for. I think that's what Thomasville is looking for. I think that's what our nation is so in need of, is our hearts to be on fire again for the thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his way of doing it. The other things will be added. If we can get to a place where our hearts is on fire. Yes. I think that's revival. That, that is so good. Yeah. And so what do you think revival in a city would look like? I think it will look a lot like love. Mm -hmm. Revival in a city will make us step outside of our norm and our usual, make us step outside of um, being with people that look like us, think like us, vote like us, smell like us, act like us, respond like us. I think Revival will have 
all walks of people in the same setting. I guess if my mind really went and I really went into it, I think about the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost when they all came together in one place and one accord. I think we have gotten better at being in one place, but I think we still struggle with being on one accord. When they got in one place and one accord, the Holy Spirit came and visited them. Happened in a room, but it didn't stay in a room because they went in the city and the people in the city say something is different. Something has happened. And they say they are not drunk, as you suppose. The bars are not open yet. This is the Holy Spirit that have awakened them. And I think us as Christians, when we get to a place where we can get in one setting, mm-hmm. on one accord, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit shows, I think. Revival has just happened. I love that. Yes. Revival looks like love, um, looks like uh, unity, yes. uh, like coming together, uh, being of one accord. So I'm wondering, has God given you a picture, a vision, a dream of what that would look like? Is all of us having unity, putting aside our differences, putting aside our hurts, our pain. And if we really took time to listen to one another, We'll find out that each person has some validity to their feelings. I think there is some justification behind the way they feel and why they feel that way. But when we can get past of how I feel and have empathy about how you feel, and if I could do that, I think revival will come. I think that's what Christ is looking for. I'm not just talking about Sunday morning church because we can't fix it all on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. And maybe we have different worship styles and that's okay. It's just like a difference in a restaurant. It doesn't mean the next restaurant is bad. It just means it's not your preferred. But if we can't in the morning, can we at least drink coffee on Tuesday morning? Can we can we do something together where even if it's not in the same building, but we have the same like mind? I believe that's when the Holy Spirit has truly visited us and we have stepped outside ourselves and allowed God to minister to our hearts. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering what could help a community come together in unity? You know, I, I think back, there have been times in our community when there's been a crisis and the churches come together, but then when the crisis subsides, there are a few people you know, still contending for that that unity, but it's easier just to like go back to normal. What can we do as leaders in the church to to stir up unity? First of all, I would say I agree. Uh, Crisis normally will bring out the best or the worst of you. And crisis is not always bad uh, because it can bring out the best in you because sometimes it makes us refocus and find out what's truly important. Uh, And I think that that is the case. So, I think before crisis come, though, I think God always speaks with a still small voice. And when we don't hear that still small voice, we just kind of turn the radio dial up a little bit. And sometimes it ha- it comes out to a hard rock sound, but it started out as a still small voice. Um, and right now, I think our nation is in crisis. And one of the things that that concerns me, when the pandemic first started, 
people were like, this is an opportunity for God to move. This is an opportunity for us to rest. And people just thought, oh, yeah. God has shut down the world <laughs> so we can hear his voice. But then we got comfortable with it. It's something I learned in life. Good or bad, if you do it long enough, you can get used to it. I think we got used to the pandemic and we didn't lay the importance of Christ on it. I guess it's to constantly remind people that we still have a risen Savior that we're serving. I would like to say that when the crisis have gotten somewhat comfortable just because we got used to it, because we can get used to even dysfunction, that we still have to be reminded we still have an obligation, whether we're on the valley or we're in the valley or on the mountaintop, we still have an obligation as Christians to love on one another. And please, please, I guess I would ask for us to really get engaged in one another's moment. I think we feel sorry, maybe some empathy, maybe some sadness, maybe even sympathy. But we get it becomes common to us and therefore it don't have the same effect. But asking the Holy Spirit to constantly remind us what we should do and who we should be. Yes, that's that's so good. And um, I think a lot of what we're talking about comes out of relationship with each other. You know, like like you even mentioned, sit down with coffee on Tuesday. You know, like it's it's um, knowing people well enough to know what they're going through and how they think so that we can find that what we can be in unity on and what we can be of one accord on. And if we're all part of the body of Christ, there should be a lot that we have in common, a lot that we can, um, as the body of Christ come together in unity. Um, I was wondering when you pray um, for our city, Thomasville, what are some things that you pray for? Some of the things that we just spoke about, uh, I actually spent a lot of times, not just for our spiritual leaders, but even our natural leaders. I pray for those things in Thomasville. And I guess one of the prayers that I pray most often is, Lord, let your man and your woman who has your heart be in place. More so than my political party, more so uh, maybe a friend of mine that may be running for office or someone that I may not know. At the end of the day, I think I know who's best for it. But outside of that, I still need the Holy Spirit to guide it. And if it's someone that it makes me think of soul, soul behavior was was pretty good. Soul was a, a man that had discipline, but he didn't see the need for God. He didn't see the importance of having God to help him make decisions. He would let the people urge him to make decisions. He would make decisions on his own versus consulting God. But David, even though his behavior at times was awful, he always knew he needed God to lead him. So when I pray for our city, when I pray for our leaders, I pray for a man or woman who has God's heart. Because then I don't have to pray for them as much about making right decisions because they'll make the decision because they have the heart of God. So I pray for our leaders. I pray for our economy. I pray for our school systems. Uh, Oftentimes, my wife know I I just ride our city, I, and it sometimes it may be late at night, and I do ride the circumference of our city. I go past schools, uh, I go past governmental buildings, I go past uh, employment and different things of this, and I just pray because 
I know we need a covering in our city. And although we have some things to work on in Thomasville, Thomasville is a pretty cool place to live. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I do the same thing sometimes. Yes. I'll take a, the long route home. I live on the other side of town, and um, I will just be praying toward the city as I'm going around. And um, I'll go drive through neighborhoods that I usually don't go through just to Just pray. to play. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that, that encourages me. I'm glad... I'm glad you're out there too. And I know there are a lot of others too. You earlier mentioned your worship team um, at your church. Yes. And I can agree. They are amazing. Like I remember you all hosting a national day of prayer at your church a couple of years ago. And um, the team like got back up after national day of prayer and worshiping and it was time to leave like the session closed, but they were still playing it. I stayed seated in the seat until I was I remember. the last person there who wasn't a member of the church, I think, or connected with the worship team. I'm like, I should probably go. I mean, they might still be going just because I'm sitting here. So I stepped out of the out into the hall and I stood by the door and they kept playing. I'm like, I'm just going to go back in. If they're going to keep playing, I'm going to stay here until I have to go or they stop. And um, just the presence of God, you can just tell they just love to worship. I will 100% agree. And what you say, we do not have professional singers. We have professional worshipers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really live that lifestyle. And even though they're in church, they are singing, they shout, they dance, they're energetic. But they take that same energy, whether they're in a grocery store, whether they're in Publix or Walmart, whether they're in a restaurant, they don't switch out. They're consistent. And I love uh, I love the Lord that I see in them. Their hearts for worship. They enjoy what they're doing. It's not by obligation. Again, I guess we'll go back to uh, them answering a call and they said yes. And I'm so thankful that they said yes. Yeah, It's so good. And so um, you've been very gracious and they've been wonderful to participate in community events too. You know, not just, you know, leading worship at at the church. And um, I see you and your church supporting these community worship gatherings. Like, why why do you do that? Absolutely, Nicole. One thing is intentional, and um, we we speak with our praise team, our worship leaders, and part of us giving back is to take community events, mm-hmm. is to say yes to those community events because sometimes people will come to those that won't ever walk in the doors of your church. So it's another way of just screaming the name of Jesus out loud in a microphone in whatever community that it is, outdoors, indoors, but just making sure that we're not so complacent with perfecting, again, Sunday morning worship till we forget about the streets. We forget about outside events. We forget about things that sometimes may not even be considered churchy, but it's an opportunity to minister. And so we just look at for any opportunity to minister and if our schedule allow, and if our energy level is still up, we try and say yes. That's great. Yes. And um, y'all have been great about uh, connecting with other worship leaders, musicians in the community. Like uh, you're you're willing to, to send a person or a team. And um, I had the opportunity, I guess it was just a couple of weeks ago, a lot of your team was at the community worship night we're, we're leading and it was just amazing yeah and i'm almost certain uh 
two of our main main persons that just love doing it is uh, Brianna and, and Joel. And they are out there. And I'm sure right now they're working on some music right now. <laughs> they're working great. on some music and uh, they're getting ready for some things actually at the end of the year. So I won't say too much of it, but they're doing some songwriting and trying to uh, release some stuff by the end of the year. I hope I'm not putting them on the spot, but uh, it's out there now. That's so awesome. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's great. Um, let's see. Uh, you've also demonstrated the desire to work with other um, Christian leaders, faith leaders in our community. Uh, why do you take the time to do that? Iron sharpeneth iron. Sometimes it's not about me giving something. Sometimes it's about me receiving something. Mm -hmm. And um, last week we didn't have uh, our 11 o'clock service. I traveled over to uh, another city just to be in someone else's service because as much as we give out, we need something in. And I truly believe in the body of Christ coming together. So it's not always about us serving. Sometimes, though, as we're serving, we find out that the blessing was in the serving, but we got a blessing from serving. So uh, it's us being around other believers. Like You don't have to go to a restaurant to eat. You don't have to uh, go through a drive through to get a meal. But because most of us don't have the discipline to do it on our own, to cook three meals a day and eat every meal from home. We go to restaurants and we go uh, to different places so we can get a meal. Well, I think that's what happens when I fellowship with my brothers and sisters. Maybe they can offer me something that I didn't take time to do in my prayer closet or do, to do in the privacy of my own home. So I love getting around people that like-minded and doing the same thing I do. I would hate to go to a football game and I was the only fan in the stand. <laughs> I want other people around it. Even though I may not know them, I just like being around them and we draw from one another. So when we out in community events, it's not just about us uh, giving something, we're getting something as well. So thank you, Thomasville community, for giving to us in these times as well. Uh, that's so good. That's such a great viewpoint. Um, I, I personally am more of an introvert and like going to events. Like I love it when I get there, yeah. <laughs> but it's like an effort. To, I see you in the back. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the back. Yes. <laughs> and once I get there, I'm like, yeah, this is where I want to be. But it's like an effort. But I love that, you know, like, you view it as an opportunity to be encouraged and you're receiving from that too. And so I'm going to adopt that. Yes, please. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Concerning revival and seeing, you know, an outpouring of God's spirit in our community, what encourages you for the future? In that? Oddly enough, the one. What encourages me, it's not the 99, but it's the one. The one person who sees Christ in a new way. The one person that may have strayed away. The one person that haven't even been introduced to When they come, it encourages me. When I see, it's almost like a teacher looking at a student, and when she can see the light bulb go off, it's like, they got it. That's what encourages me. Because life, church, people can really be draining and it can suck life out of you. But when we see that one person responds, you say, this is what I'm doing it for. This is worth it all. Because one day I was that one. 
and it was important to me. So I know it's important to the next person when they become that one that gets God's undivided attention, get the church undivided attention, get our undivided attention and just share. And when the light bulb goes off, you say, this is what I'm doing it for. That's so kind. That's so encouraging. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, I don't know. I said so much, but I guess it's one thing that I could think of. I'm still praying and believing for that revival to happen. I'm so excited when the world can see the church as one. When all the fussing and the bickering, the difference of opinion, society, and we focus on Jesus Christ. When the world can see the church get that piece together, I think revival will come. I think we are a work in progress. And out of all the bad things, all the church hurt, all the things that happen in the church, people have dis- been disappointed. Let now, I still know that the church is God's choice. He chose the church to be a demonstration for the world. I encourage the church, let's get it together to make sure the world see a good model of Jesus. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I appreciate the model that you've set and the model that your church has set in in loving the community. And I love what you shared about the one, about being being encouraged by the one and recognizing how God is moving in one person. And I, I was just thinking as I've looked at revival history, so many of the great moves of God came down to one person, one person who was pursuing God with all their hearts or whose life was changed. And and we don't know who that one person is, if it could be one of us or if yes. it's someone we're going to um, have an opportunity to uh, bring into relationship with Jesus. One way my dad used to say it, and it's... Um, Sometimes we may not see all the fruit that we think we should see off of the effort and the work that we put in. But the one person that we minister to, we don't know how many people that one person will win to Christ. That one person may win hundreds or thousands. But if you didn't do your part in winning that one, look at what would happen. So you're connected to the hundreds and the thousands, even though you may have ministered to the one. Yeah. It's all about that yes to Jesus. Say right? yes. Every time it boils <laughs> yes. down to a yes. yes. You can change your life with a yes. Yes. That's great. That's awesome. Well, if um, if someone wanted to follow you, uh, keep up with what you're doing, how should they do that? Uh, there's multiple ways because we have all these different social platforms. Uh, it's simply uh, Denny Blake at Facebook. And if you're on Instagram or Twitter, it's Pastor I.D. Blake. Uh, you can I.D. Blake. I.D. Blake. Pastor I.D. Blake. Also, uh, our church information is all across the board is my D.O.J.M. So you can catch us, catch me there as well. Please connect, follow. Uh, right. Yes. And um, I will put that in the show notes. So okay. People have the link. Um, would you pray for our listeners? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day and for this opportunity. For everyone that's listening to this podcast, Lord, I ask that you will minister to their hearts. 
Lord, we all deal with different situations and sometimes life can seem overwhelming. But in those moments, Lord, you are our peace. Lord, we speak of shalom throughout this city, throughout this nation, for every listener, because we believe that is happening. Lord, we also pray for revival, revival to happen within our hearts, that our hearts are infused with your power and with your spirit. We ask the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the same manner that you did on the day of Pentecost to flood this nation. Lord, we run over in our hearts so it can touch our neighbor and our neighbor's neighbor. For this, we forever give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, listeners. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Revival in My City. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, review, or email me at Cynthia at RevivalInMyCity.com. I hope you will join me in praying. Lord, May your kingdom come, may your will be done in my city as it is in heaven.